the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. The scripture this morning, 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, beginning at verse 7, the word of the Lord reads like this. But the end of all things is at hand. And therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another uh, without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as a good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we are in need of you today that you might speak a clear word in this place that someone might come to know you in a personal way. Father, I'm praying even now that you would give strength and grace to my uh, to my ability as I stand, that you would uh, strengthen my, my, my mind, my body. Lord, let my mind be clear. Let my words and my articulation be clear. Lord, let your Holy Spirit take over and have control and speak, Lord, that people might be drawn to you. Speak, Lord, that people might be encouraged today. Speak, Lord, uh, that that those who have drifted in their fellowship might return to you. God, speak in this place, Lord, that someone's dead spirit might be awakened today. Speak, Lord, that we might realize the brevity of life and the time that we have. Speak, Lord, that we might make a commitment today to serve you, to love you, to love one another, to be all that you've called us to be, to achieve our full potential in Christ Jesus. Father, speak in such a way that when it's all said and done, everyone would know that God spoke to us on this day and that at the end of that, we will give your name all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Speak, Lord, in this place and we, Father, will worship you and adore you and keep on giving your name glory. Speak, Lord, because we need to hear from you this day. Speak, Father, because someone is on the edge of giving up and we need to hear that you still can speak in this place, Lord, and we will uh, forever, forever, forever worship your holy and adorable name. So now, Lord, I surrender all to you. Have thine own way in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, I pray, and I thank you in advance for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 
And so now as we approach the end of this year, uh, we are, we're cognizantly aware of that. But for some, we're unaware that we're not just approaching the end of the year. But for some, uh, you are and perhaps I am or perhaps they are uh, approaching the end of life. And, and we might not even know it. Um, but, the, but the reality is whether you're pr- approaching the end of this year or whether you're approaching the end of your life, I believe the objective of us all is that we want to finish well. Can, can I get an amen on that? Anybody agree on that? And so as we have this um, pursuit of trying to uh, finish well and, and we want to hear him say well done and we want to do as God has called us to do. I, I want to use this uh, scripture passage that we've read in your hearing to speak this morning from the subject matter as the end approaches. I know it kind of sounds a little morbid, but it's not a morbid sermon. Now, trust me, I, no, it's, it's really not. But I think that in light of uh, the end, it challenges us to live the present differently. Peter, when he's writing this letter, he's writing to the Jews that are dispersed abroad to let them know that Christ suffered and died for you. And he says to them, in essence, in light of the fact that Christ died for you, you need to understand that you and I are going to have to suffer also like he suffered. Not, not in the exact same way, but because he suffered, we're, we're going to suffer too. And he, he writes to let them know and to remind them of that or cause them to be aware of that. And he says to them, there's three things that, that you should make sure that we're doing as we approach these and as we live in these last days. First and foremost, he says, I'm I'm taking it out of verse 7, where verse 7 says, but the end of all things is at hand, and therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. The first thing I believe that, that Peter is laying out for us here in the text is that we need to demonstrate a focused prayer life. Demonstrate a focused prayer life. Now, I don't think I'm, I'm reaching too far if I said that most of us could improve on our prayer life. But most of us can improve on our prayer life. And watch this. If we knew or were living in conscience, consciousness of the fact that we're approaching the end, our prayer life would change. He says, but at the end of all things is at hand. Peter is saying the majority or rather the major events, the redemptive work of Christ have already been accomplished. Christ has already come in the flesh. He's already been crucified. He's already been buried. He's already been raised from the dead. He's already ascended up to glory. He's already seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. He's already returned uh, to dwell in us by the power of his Holy Spirit. And so therefore, all of the major events of the redemptive work of Christ is done There's only one thing left yet to do, and that is for Christ to return for the church. 
Now, now when, when Peter writes this, it's now 30 years past the time that Christ has ascended to glory. And so Peter is very cognizant of the fact, and he's living in the reality that Christ could return at any time. The end is now. In other words, I'm living in the last days. We're living in them right now. Because for some of those people that you heard talk about we're living in the last days 20 years ago, they're not here anymore. Some of those people that you heard talking about we're living in the last days last week, they're not here anymore. But watch this. Everything that is necessary for Christ to return has already been accomplished. The only thing left to happen is for Christ to decide I'm coming back. Lord, help me, Jesus. And for some, he's already come back to get them. And I know you just went to the doctor this week because you had to get in that last physical exam before the end of the year so that your tax, your, your, your insurance will pay for it and you can get another one next year. But guess what? Even though the doctor said you're doing well, you're healthy, everything's looking fine, your numbers are right where they're supposed to be, guess what? God could still decide to take you home before the end of this year. Because when Jesus says, come home, you coming home. And if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm aware of that, if I have a mental cognitive understanding of that, my prayer changes. If I said to you of definitive, of a definitive nature and with absoluteness that tomorrow at 12 o'clock, the world is going to end, I guarantee you, you're going to pray differently. You ain't going to do none of that now. Lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That is not going to be your prayer if, to, if you knew tomorrow at noon was the coming of the Lord. No, your prayer life changes when you start looking the end in the face. So Peter says, he says, therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Be, be serious. This word serious is to be sane, to be of sound mind, to be sober in your prayers. In other words, if I was to really break this down, what he literally is saying is your, your prayers are going to be offered up in a mature way that you are evaluating uh, in a mature way the, the, the very prayers that you put before God. This is, this is heavy-duty stuff. Um, you, you can pray now, and when he says be, 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 be serious, you're going to pray more intelligently. You're going to pray more intelligibly. You're going to pray more effectively. You're going to pray more appropriately. That's what he's calling you to do. Pray effective. Pray appropriate. Pr- pray intentional. Pray intelligent prayers as you realize that the end is coming. And then he says be watchful. That which is to be focused and alert with expectation. Be watchful in your prayers that what you pray for, you have expectation of it coming. Be, be so controlled, be self-controlled in your prayer expectation. Lord, help me. So that as I lay this prayer, this intelligent, this appropriate, this effective prayer before the Lord, when I pray, 
pray with expectation that I'm not just throwing words in the air. But I'm praying, expecting God to hear my prayer and to answer my prayer. Prayers of faith demand expectation. Can I talk to somebody? If I'm just praying whimsical prayers, I really have no true expectation of whether they will come true or not. I'm going through the motions, and sometimes we as Christians, if we could be honest uh, this morning, sometimes we just pray because it's time to pray, and it's the thing to do, and we have become ritual in our prayer, but we're not intentional about the prayer, nor do we have expectation that anything's going to change. When we pray, Peter says, pray with an expectation that what you ask for, God is going to do. When you're standing over that hospital bed and you're looking at mama or you're looking at your sister or your brother or your child laying in that bed and you're saying, Lord, please move on their behalf. You ought to have an expectation that God's going to do something. Now, it doesn't have to be that heavy duty stuff. It could be, Lord, watch over my child when they go to school today. You ought to, when you pray, you ought to pray with a, he says serious, be serious in your prayer. Pray, pray with intentionality. Pray with, the, with purpose. Pray with the expectation that God is going to cover my child so that if I put my child in the hand of the Lord, when they walk out the door in the morning, I can have peace of mind during the day because I know that I know that I know God has got my child. We need to pray um, watchful prayers and pray serious prayers as we see the end approaching. Prayer life changes when, when the end is coming. It, it, it really, literally, it changes. And so he says, be, be watchful and be serious in your prayer life. Se- secondly, he moves, as he says, he says, first of all, I want you to demonstrate a focused prayer life. This is as the end approaches, I, we as the children of God need to demonstrate a focused prayer life. Watch this, because it's not just about what's happening in us and to us, and, but it's also what's, what's happening. Other people are watching us and they're, they're watching how you pray. They're watching whether or not you have an expectation of God doing something when you ask him for it. They're watching to see whether you're serious in your prayer or you're just trying to be eloquent and fancy. So, so let me move you on. He says, so, so he says, demonstrate a focused life of prayer. But then he picks up in verse number eight and he says, now demonstrate fervency of love for one another. And love all above all things, he says, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. The highest priority, as we see the end approaching, y'all need to hear this. The highest priority above everything else, as we see the end approaching, he says, fervently love one another. Fervently, the, the Greek word, uh, ektene, it means deeply with a straining and a stretching of yourself. 
as we see the end approaching, love in a way that stretches you and strains your limitations. This is a God pay love. He, he says, as we see the end approaching, above all things, as the highest priority, as we see the end approaching, fervently, deeply, with stretch and straining of who we are, agape one another, love one another like Christ loves us. Love one another. And this agape love is a love that is not connected to your emotions, is not connected to the response of other people, is not, resp- is not connected to their reaction, is not connected to their previous behavior. No, this love is connected to God who loved us first and who gave Gave himself for us. He says give that kind of love. To one another. See emotional love is easy. Because we can. We can differentiate who we want to give. That to. You know. Sometimes people come along in your life. And you know. When you meet them. You just get kind of get you know chills. Up and down your body, the hair stands up on the back of your head, it, you know, your neck and stuff, and you're like, oh. Or you get that melting feeling when they speak to you. You say, how are you doing? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's emotional love. And you fall in love, you head over heels, your nose wide open, you do anything. But what about when someone is stabbing you in the back? Agape love loves them still. What about when they've done you wrong, when they've done your family wrong? The agape love loves them even then. And that's why he says have fervent love. Have love that stretches you. Because agape love is going to stretch you beyond your limitations that you've set in your own mind. I'm not going beyond this point to love anybody if they treat me this way. Agape love says I'm going to show it anyhow. So Peter says demonstrate fervency of love for one another that stretches you, that strains you. He's talking about here, this agape love can only happen if God is in you. Because if God is not in you, you can't love this way. So he says, we got to love one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Man, this, this, this really gets me right here. Because when you think about love and agape love... It's the greatest kind of love, but it's, it's a love that will cover the greatest offense. Think of the worst thing you ever did in your life. The worst thing that nobody else knows about. And yet, the love of God covered that. When Christ died on the cross, that was his demonstration of love to us. For he demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, he died for us. And his love covered all of your sin. That worst thing that you can think of that you did, his love covered that sin. And it didn't hold you hostage to it. 
it didn't, he didn't bring it back up when the argument got hot. No, no. Perfect love casts out fear. And this love, this agape love, it, it covers up a multitude of offenses. It, it has power to relieve the guilty of all of their guilt. Uh, because, see, this love is not predicated on actions or reactions. It's this love, it covers sin, it covers wrongdoing, it covers hurtful things that people have done to you. It, 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 this kind of love will cover up their sin. Even as Christ's love covered up ours, it'll cover up a multitude. It's like, just covers it up. Just love, just love, love covers up a multitude of sin. Now, what I didn't say is, I didn't say it makes you feel good. Because this love ain't about feeling. You know, this ain't that tingly type of love. This, this is an intelligent love. Watch this. And this love is a love that, that you have to have made a conscientious commitment to give regardless of the circumstances. Watch this. The reason why I say you have to have a commitment already is because when the offense happens, it's too late to try to think about whether I'm commit to love you that way. Y- y- y'all get it? So, in other words, when you make me mad, it's, it's not a good time for me to decide whether I want to love you. I need to have already committed that I'm going to love my brother or my sisters regardless of what they do. I have to have a commitment to God and a commitment in my mind that this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to live it out. And why would I do that, Pastor? I'm going to do that because God just told me if I love him, I will do this. And I have a commandment from him to love one another. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's my responsibility. And he's given me his love that I might give it out to other people. And so he says, look, love, this agape love, it covers a multitude of sin. It covers all the wrongdoing. It covers the retaliation that is due to the offender. When someone offends us, we, we conspire what retaliation we want to give. Agape love will cover the consequences that the offender is due this is not easy stuff. I'm not trying to make this sound like this is not, it's not, but, but watch this, but it brings glory to God. It prepares me for the fact that he's coming any day. How do I stand before God on that day when yesterday I treated my brother or my sister like I didn't care about him? How can I stand before God on tomorrow if today I'm not giving this kind of love to my brother or my sister? How, how do I justify that before God? And God says to you, you go, here's, here's our case. Lord, you, you saw what they did, God. You, they, they hurt me, God. And they kept on doing it, God. And they, they, God, I was tore up, God. And you know I was bad, God. He says, yeah, how do you think I felt when you were doing it to me? But I kept on dying for you. I kept on shedding my blood for you. I kept on loving you. And if I 
who am the almighty creator of the world can take your offense and be offended by you and still love you and still bless you. Who are you to say you're too big to be offended by another and not love them anyhow? I don't know about you, but I'm thankful to God that his love covered my sin. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. To hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family Minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.